This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Modern Geek Podcast number 82, recorded May 22nd, 2013. I'm Chuck. And I'm Juan. Welcome back to Modern Geek. So I hear you got an email. A couple. Uh, specifically, OmniFocus. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> way, way to take the lead. <laughs> hey, you know... <laughs> I'm on vacation. No, um, no, yeah, I, I'm in the OmniFocus two beta. I will be nice and won't uh, spew about it the way they asked us not to. But uh, I can tell you this: I, I, uh, it's very early in the beta. No, no arguments there. Mm-hmm. They're pretty clear about that. Um, there's a lot of functionality not there yet. It is a ground up rebuild. You can tell because. A lot of the functionality is not there. <laughs> you know, if it was just a, a makeover, it would be, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I can tell you the one thing, the new interface is incredible. So it's very much across, as you would imagine. I mean, it's not like there, there was any other way to place to go for this, right? Right. <clears throat> but it's a cross between the, the iPad version and the desktop version. Yeah, so you know all that cool crap like the uh, upcoming stuff that's a vi- that's visible that nice view forecast yeah. view they call it in the iPad. Yeah, totally. That's built cool. Yeah, in. because the iPad one has had the benefit of being developed later, so they kind of they kind of streamline the interface. Um, yeah, I, I won't let you. I won't let you spoiler out out the uh, out the beta. Oh, it's gonna be that, awesome though. Yeah, I, I thought that was cool that they're actually moving forward with that. That's. Because, I mean, both you and I use OmniFocus so much day-to-day that it's kind of cool to hear that it's not one of these projects that kind of just slowly dies. Oh, no. And, you know, I'm I i was uh, I'm such a fan that I, I sort of just archived everything and started fresh with it and with the full understanding that I could easily lose it all. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, worth it. Totally worth it to uh, to participate and try to get it right because if uh, i were meant to get that stuff done i would have done it by now <laughs> guess i have nothing to do today huh <laughs> no i it hasn't done anything really crappy yet there have been some missing things you know yeah. but uh <clears throat> lots of cool new features that if they even come close to implementing them they're gonna be just badass mm, so if you had signed up for the beta check your junk fail junk mail folder because yeah I must have been the second or third or fourth group that they brought in because uh, I wasn't in the first couple. I know that. I had kind of forgotten about it and then got the email. I was like, yes. Nice. So I have a little update with uh, my Rasplex uh, installation. Oh, yeah? yeah? What's the deal? Um, okay. So I told you it was working except for a couple of little glitches. Right. Um, I've actually ironed the glitches out. There was a... the the network name was incorrect, but there was a place to name that. It's just that they're right now they're kind of integrating two different menu systems. Oh, really? So there's two different places to set the box oh, name. Right. So I set it in one place in the Rasplex settings, but not in the, 
Plex settings. So the AirPlay and and all and the remote name was incorrect. So I fixed that. So now it just says living room. <laughs> nice. And uh, I plugged in the. USB infrared receiver that I had that I got off of eBay a couple years ago for use with the, my TV PC. Right. This is one of those like little HP um, receivers. I had originally got it so that I could use it as a IR blaster for my uh, when I had a Myth TV uh, oh, right. recorder box going with when I have cable TV. Sure. Um, wasn't using it for that anymore, so I just used the the receiver and I plug it in. Just automatically detected. Um, the one thing I had to change was send on uh, have it have the have the remote re- thing send keyboard presses or whatever that option is. Hmm. But once that was set, I then was able to take my Harmony remote and call and say you know program the Plex device as a Microsoft uh, Media Center box or MCE or whatever. Right, and it sends the right commands, and now I can just use the Harmony remote to control the Rasplex box on my living room TV. So I don't even need the, the remote or the remote app on the iPhone or say I get an, or I am using the remote to like, say select the episode or whatever. And a call comes in, I can actually, you know, pause <laughs> without having to switch back to the app before answering the call. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it, apparently those, those little IR receivers just work great. I'm pretty happy with that. Somehow, I imagine that that is going to uh, get better as time goes on. We're gonna, we'll probably yeah. end up using that a little bit. We we had some more experience with uh, with the Raspberry Pi. I hate to make this the Raspberry Pi podcast, but <laughs> three episodes in a row here but now. Man, but. I mean, there's just so much neat crap in the last few months that you can do with these things. Both in terms of the more slightly more powerful and not really more expensive. I guess it is. It's like I don't know. 30% more expensive. It's like 35 bucks instead of 25 bucks. But mm. I mean, yeah, come on, you know, <laughs> exactly. Huh? That's, that's, that was my response. But you know, bottom line is there's all this really cool stuff that you can do with these things now. And and one thing we, I, we had talked about a little while back uh, was a replacement for the low buck streaming music situation in the past. Uh, the way we had solved this was with uh, terribly. <laughs> well, for a while it worked pretty well. Was with Airport Expresses. You know, the Airport Express. It's a, a hundred dollar box that you can plug in and uh, plug in a stereo into, and you know you've got a nice way to stream music. The pro there are a couple of problems with that. One is that you need a source to stream to it. So uh, if you unless you want to stream from your phone or something, which is kind of a pain in the ass you're going to end up running iTunes somewhere. Now, since we had these media servers anyway, it's like, well, who cares? You know, we'll just have one of the TV minis run iTunes. Right. Except that now you have a library issue. You're like, well, I keep a library, but how the hell do I get the library synced up across it? And say you have more than one running iTunes, how do you keep them in sync? Well, we started Rube Goldberging together ways to solve that problem. And then a few podcasts back, we were like, hey, you know, it might be interesting to use a Raspberry Pi for one of those and just have it play directly instead of being a streaming receiver. And uh, sure enough, we actually went off and did it. Mm-hmm. What, we, what we found out is uh, a, a Linux uh, daemon called uh, Music Player Daemon. I love those names. I love those names. It's like... It's it's a it's a music. Like, what does it do? It's a daemon <laughs> that plays me. What's it called? Music player daemon. 
Hey. Well, you you had originally found this, and when you, when you sent the link over to me, I'm like, okay, what is this? And then I then I quickly figured out you can install it just um, through the package manager in Gentoo. It's like, okay, well, let's throw it on a Raspberry Pi, see what happens. Um, very simple configuration. I mean, for a Linux, I mean, we're getting into running a custom Linux solution here, but got a Raspberry Pi running Linux, install MPD, and effectively just plug an external hard drive into it with your music library on it and point it at it and say, serve this. Biatch. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you put, well, what's cool about it is that there's, um, there's an app on the iPhone uh, called MPOD, M-P-O-D, and once the server's running, as long as you're on the same network, it just connects as a remote device, kind of like the Apple remote, and says, okay, here's your entire library, um, and it downloads all the, the metadata, like all the album artwork and all that kind of stuff, and says, what do you want to play? And it just plays it off this little Raspberry Pi right into your stereo. Um, seems to work pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, I was mean... I pleasantly it, surprised with it. It addresses a lot of the big issues that we ran into. The big thing with streaming was that you had to have really good connectivity all the time, otherwise the damn thing skips. Right. And it's really annoying. I mean, once every now and then, whatever, you know? I mean, come on. It's 100 bucks, right? But Well, the, the, pro- the problem you run into is, is effectively just the network connection. So Wi-Fi is inherently intermittent. It will drop in and out as it, you know, yeah. as the signal goes up and down. And for a remote control app where you're just, you know, connecting every so often to put on a new playlist, that's Fine. not really all that bad. Because if there's a couple seconds delay while it kind of, you know, spins up and, and connects, Who that's cares? not really a problem. But if you have a couple, every, every few minutes, you have a couple seconds delay um, when you play music, soon soon enough, you're going to lose the buffer. <laughs> it sucks. And you're going to start getting the music skipping. And then you're not having an enjoyable experience. So it's like, well, okay, well, then there's no point in doing this. So this kind of solves that. And the previous backup scripts that I'd written for, <laughs> you know, backing up our big old servers that we run GWC and, and Toolmonger off of, well, they just so happen to do the same kind of R-Sync utility that you would need to keep the music library in sync <laughs> on the portable drive. And again, that only requires connectivity for any time you want to synchronize it. So, I mean, yeah, it's well, really not that difficult when you think about it. And then there's just there's this little Raspberry Pi that's sitting out in, in a living room or a kitchen, hook it up to a set of speakers that just plays your music when you, when you want to. And if the network drops out every so often... Doesn't matter because you got a playlist going, just plays it right off the hard drive that it's connected to. And what's really great is if you think about it cost wise, and this is just sad, you know, you can buy this this Airport Express for a hundred, hundred and twenty bucks, right? Right. Or if you think about it, for about seventy five dollars, and that's that's the thirty five dollar high end <laughs> Raspberry Pi. Uh a beautiful little yeah, I know, hey, it is, right? Uh a beautiful little, uh, you know, custom case for it that makes it look really hot. Yep. Um, a power supply, which you can scrounge elsewhere if you want, but this is a nice one with a little bitty brick on it. It's really, it's it's great. Um, <clears throat> a uh, a card that it, uh, an SD card that it reads well, which is where the OS is kept, and uh, a wireless, a, a little nubbin wireless USB unit. 
which is for base connectivity and, and remote control. Yeah. And you end up with this little thing that's actually a little smaller than the uh, than the Airport Express. Mm-hmm. And uh, just... Well, a- I made it even smaller because I realized my, my entire music library was only 16.9 gigs. So I just had a 32 gig USB stick laying around. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly think that the same thing is going to work with me. I mean, I just need to clean mine up. I, you I, got a lot of waves in there. <laughs> yeah. Things that I recorded myself back in the day from bands that allow recording. I have a bunch of live stuff in there. And, right, and yeah. I have MP3 versions, but the way they're folderized, it's a little difficult to catch them. So foldered. But hopefully we'll clean that up, and then uh, that eliminates the hard drive. Uh, if you need to add a hard drive, by the way, if you really you had a very large library, a 500 gig, a half terabyte hard drive these days, nice little box, power, external power supply, the whole nine yards, uh, is like $70 as well. Which is not bad. Yeah. So, I mean, this thing is great. And it's kind of a funny uh, long way around solution in that, you know, we're – Yes, we are syncing the library to it every so well, often and all that good it, it stuff. It really gets kind of wrong way around when I then go and install the AirPlay software on it, which means that you can use it as an endpoint. <laughs> I know. It's just a great solution. I cannot see buying another Airport Express. You know? No. I mean, I, I was looking. At, I, got, I got the one sitting here, and I'm like, eh, what, what do I do with it now? <laughs> eBay it and get some more pie. Goodness. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> well, I've I've got I've I've got the one in the living room too that I don't need anymore because uh, because the Raz uh, Razplex has Air AirPlay support as well. So I'm like, okay, well, uh, you know, don't really need that either. And Plex can plug into your music library too. So <laughs> it's like, huh? Well, you don't really need some of these consumer solutions if you just put a little bit of thought to it anymore. Yeah. Plus, I mean, try this with a, you know, try this with a, an airport express. So you decide, Hey, you know, I don't really need music in the garage anymore. I think I'll just turn it into a print server Yeah. or, or actually I'll make it into a, a Plex box for my TV or <laughs> you see where I'm going. Yeah. And I, and I'm finding ways of improving the process too. Like, you know, some people, when, if they heard me say that I put Gen 2 on the Raspberry Pi, they're like, why? You have to compile everything. Well, I could compile everything under a VM and you can distribute binary packages out to it. So you can, I've actually been using all these new Raspberry Pis as a way of cleaning up my software update process as well and, <laughs> and reducing the steps. So it, it all feeds back on itself. And I, I kind of like geeking out about this stuff. It's, you know, I always look at these pictures where somebody's put up a thirty-two, like thirty-two or sixty-four node Raspberry Pi um, <laughs> computing cluster, like a, a Beowulf or a whatever, and I'm like, oh man, I wish I had a reason to use one of those because that looks like it's really fun to build. Well, you know, the thing is, we'll probably end up with thirty-two of them around the house anyway. So <laughs> just doing random, just things. doing random things, yeah. Because I can think of all kinds of great stuff you can do with these. So. Mm. Good stuff. Anyway, really cool. You know, one of these things, one of the one of these days, we need to get a nice place set up to share links with this so that we can do that. We'll we'll put that on the list. Yeah, <laughs> on your on your new OmniFocus list. <laughs> yeah, sorry it didn't happen. OmniFocus crashed. No. So, what do you think of when you think of the Xbox One? A set top box. <laughs> Seriously, I, I think of the old big black. 
uh, original Xbox. But you know, it's really funny. I I love that everybody's like cracking on the on the uh, case. On the Dave. Oh, the case. Yeah. What's really funny and the name, but what's really funny about all this is that my favorite was too. It was they're the last to market with their they're the last to announce their new console, and you're like. Okay, I don't even count what what Sony announced as a console. <laughs> I like their announcement where they're like, "We have a controller," and then sort of a couple months later, it's like, "Here's a bunch of pictures of parts of it. We haven't put it together yet." But yeah, you know, I mean, here's some of the case. Give it to Microsoft, okay? At I mean, least, at least they announced a product, okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, honestly, I don't think the case matters that much. I mean, it looks like the new Xbox. It's won. a set top box, man. It's a black box. A, yeah, it looks like a TiVo from 2004. Sure, whatever. You got to you got to remember too. Well, well, Sony was out with the PlayStation 3, right? And this is funny because everybody was like, "Oh, oh, the PlayStation cuz you remember PlayStation 2 owned the world, right?" Yeah. And the Xbox came out, there were no games for it. They mm-hmm. I mean, the short version of all this everybody's aware of, so they they managed to to get some key games on the platform and it just is essentially over years overrun everyone right? right so so it's let's face it the xbox has always been fugly yeah, always and, but here's and, the thing when it comes down to it so the playstation 3 looks really cool who cares you don't look cares? at it you play it <laughs> honestly i would like if they were uh, if the xbox and the ps or the current Xbox and PS3 were the same size because then I could stack them on top of each other and not have to find weird places for them in you my cabinet. That is the advantage, and I, I love this, okay? I, I love when they went to the uh, the new design, to the uh, uh, the refined... The the, yeah. Yeah, the, the refined 360 was essentially more square box. You know? It's yeah. like It's like, you know, I love the idea of, screw this, just make it a square box. Why? Because every other damn thing is square... I mean, come on, Google already showed you that the more you deviate from that, the stupider it is. I mean, yeah. let's make it a sphere, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, look, look. <laughs> yeah, remember the component nightmare that went into that original swing arm iMac? Oh, God. That round motherboard? How, how, how crap that thing box. was? Okay, seriously, square yeah. box. Yeah, I, I, when it comes down to it, too, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what it looks like. It really doesn't matter how many mega gigs or giga cores it has in it. It's, yeah, sure, it's got a 1080p connect, so more interactive. It has HDMI in, which is a huge step towards making this a living room. Oh, yeah. Centralization device. Now, oh, yeah. with, the, with the star above it, in the United States. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get it so that you can control, you can bring your TV signal in Mm -hmm. through the HDMI signal and have your cable box or satellite box interact with the games that you're playing with the stuff that you're doing on the Xbox. One might wonder why they wouldn't just build that in like they do with the AT&T endpoint app. Uh, on the current 360, but uh, my guess is that that's exactly what they're doing. But they know that that's not all going to come together fast enough to be useful for everyone. Oh, and there's other reasons for HDMI in as well. You, oh yeah, you can think of. Um, oh, I mean, yeah. it's going to have newer games that are more advanced. I mean, the, I think the interesting thing is is the fact that they're very firmly putting their feet down as 
this is no longer just a gaming device. We want you to run your entire living room through it. Exactly. And and that's the, the meat of this. And that's why all of these articles that you see that say, oh, the box looks stupid. Oh, the specs aren't that interesting. Who cares oh, the about name the box? Is gone. <clears throat> you know what? Who cares? What is important about this announcement is, and you've seen this for a while, they've already been angling the 360 toward being a set-top box. It started, as yeah. you pointed out, with the cable applications to allow you to watch a cable, make it a cable box. Yep, throw the YouTube <clears throat> app on it, throw an yeah. upper, upper browser on it. You know, The last few dashboard updates have made it pretty clear where they're going. Oh, yeah. um, it is a great streaming box already. I mean, I'll admit, mine sees a lot more time as a streaming box than it does as a game machine right now. Um, it's, a, it's a Netflix endpoint, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and everybody, I, I think the most insightful articles that you find are the people who are saying, you know, Apple dropped the ball here because they had this opportunity in, in the last couple of years uh, to to turn the Apple TV into something that could really do this job. And it's just, and when I say turn the Apple TV, I don't mean the hardware itself, but the concept, you know? Right. Well, I think the problem that they had with that is that, you know, if they, they're watching Microsoft going this direction as well, I mean, you're now competing direct, you're, the Apple TV directly with the Xbox in terms of living room dominance, and people still want to play games. You know, actually, I, I think one of the big problems might simply be the same one that's plagued Sony, which is that they are a content provider as well. And that just does not work out, you know, like <clears throat> Sony has, it's like the left, it's not just the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. It's more like the left hand and the right hand are punching each other in the face. <laughs> you know, seriously, if you think about it, um, you know, you have a, you have the content creation side where they're like, lock the movies down. Don't let them see anything. Don't let them do anything with it lock that music down, try to prevent the piracy. And on the other hand, you've got this, this uh, uh, you know, hardware end that's saying, let's make this device usable, right? Mm. And so if you think about it, that's, that's the problem Apple had when they built the phone. I mean, they're not, if, they, if they had been a mobile carrier when they <laughs> built the phone, it would have been a piece of crap, you know? Yeah. So what happens is they're building a TV, but it's, it's well, it's got to use iTunes because, hey, iTunes is our bread and butter, right? We yeah. need to, that's it. You know, we've got to, it's got to be iTunes based. Well, how does iTunes work? Well, iTunes works in some really stupid ways for video, which is why it's not, you know, the standard for video at all. <clears throat> you've got people out there using Hulu. You've got people out there using Netflix, people out there using Amazon, people out there using proprietary services. People wanting to stream their own stuff. People, well, and then and then when you go, well, does it have the software that will let it be a basic DLNA device too for uh -huh. having having it, having it be an endpoint like everybody uses an Airport Express as an audio endpoint? And the answer is no. And you kind of go, oh, it's because you want everyone to use iTunes, right. and you're still focusing on it yeah. from a PC perspective of we need to push everything through uh iTunes. And everything else comes secondary or not at all. Right. Exactly. Because you've got that other side of the business saying, uh, hey, why are we giving people a way to not buy from us? This is stupid. And then here comes Microsoft, right? In this in this great situation where Microsoft has been just, I mean, they lost a big chunk of the desktop. 
they're still in actively working really hard to lose it. <laughs> more (laughs) it's just you know the old product is good enough that they're still hanging on you know it's like if if they had really managed to force everybody on to win eight the way they wanted to they'd have lost it already but thankfully they're not going to you know and and yet here they come you know and the tablet in they got their ass just handed to them right i mean they came out with their big tablet competitor and nobody has one i have yet to see anyone outside of a commercial or the guy in the mall hawking them right to actually yeah to own a surface okay nobody nobody i saw more people with an ipad the day the first ipad one launched than i did and that's not many okay with (laughs) then i have seen people in the entirety who were not actively selling them you know uh, with the service so all that in mind here they come they have the xbox the xbox has always done well for them they've dominated the industry they stole it from sony you know rightfully so and uh, they came out with something that, that is heading the right way. I have a couple of questions about it. Mm. Things that I, I am I love the idea, okay? As a whole, the idea is great. I think that the magic here is in intent and in software. And Okay, yeah, and here's where we start to get interesting. Yeah, because some of the features here, okay, we joke about, well, the, the Kinect is, is more accurate. Yeah, it's not, it's not that it just has a better webcam. Yeah. Look at what they're doing with it. Yeah, it's like it is now an integral part. I have a connect for my 360. I don't hook it up. Yeah, you're going to be done with that. Yeah, incidentally, um, apparently when people were watching the live stream on their Xboxes, when they started demoing the new Xbox and went like, Xbox, go home. Um, it actually <laughs> shut off the stream for people listening. Because <laughs> the connect listened to it. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Like, oh, no. I should have thought that through, guys. <laughs> yeah, there's probably, uh, yeah, yeah, I could see. Don't Oops. accept commands that are, but no, I, I there's some things like, for example, the uh, the the motion tracking is far superior. It appears in this new iteration, where it is now, it has a much better skeletal model uh, of the people. Of, well, they're talking like pulse rate reading. Yeah, actually, that's pretty funny. Uh, a number of years back, MIT's Media Lab, they, they were working on a project that sounds just like... It sounds like it got patented and thrown into this yes, device. Yes, it does, as a matter of fact, <laughs> which would not at all be uncommon, right? Right. But uh, the idea was that they they felt like you know medical monitoring should be less of... Uh, should be more ubiquitous and less intrusive like instead of you wearing these devices or sticking things to you or 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 sandpaper down your chest and attach these nine stickies yeah the idea was that you walk up to your mirror in the morning and it looks at you and it can tell your key vitals just by looking at you and the truth is is they they can actually do a lot of that for example um if if it can with very accurate cameras that can watch very carefully they can actually see your pulse and see uh, and 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 pretty accurately, you know, you'd be surprised. As a guy who spends a lot of time training via heart rate, I get to see how accurate heart rate monitors are, mm-hmm. and they're not as accurate as you'd think. You know, I mean, they take yeah. a while to figure things out. They drift a little. Sometimes weird crap happens. I mean, certainly on a bike, if you get any heavy wind or anything, it'll uh, sometimes it can cut through and and cause weird crap to happen with it. Uh, if you don't sweat enough, sometimes they won't read correctly. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, you, you you learn to like run your heart rate monitor under the sink for a second before you put it on. 
because <laughs> it'll it'll just work better all the time. This one says my heart's playing George of the Jungle. <laughs> yeah, or you're cruising along and it's like it says your heart rate's 270 beats a minute. Yeah, I'd be dead. You know. <laughs> yeah. So not so much. But but the ideas and and interestingly enough, you know, that's my favorite one too. Is like a lot of people look at at uh, various monitoring systems like the Body Bug and stuff like that and say, well, why doesn't it measure heart heart rate? Well, because it can't from your arm, right? <laughs> you know, you'd have to wear a strap with it, you know, every, which everybody hates, but. Right. Only recently have they started to make wrist-based heart rate monitors that work with, essentially, they strap on very tightly and they use LEDs and sensors to read the movement of your skin for your pulse, right? Right. They shine a light into your skin and look at the blood flow. Yeah. And well, and look at it. Yeah, exactly. And look at the, the pulse, literally, as it pulses in and out. Yeah. Well, a couple of problems with that. One is that it has to be stable relative to you because the movements are so slight that if it bounces around on you, you know, like your watch generally does, unless you crank it down to where it's going to cut off your arm, you know. Um, so there's that. And also, uh, well, there's a whole lot of problems with that. But bottom line with all of this is that they are using the Connect to do some of that sort of thing, to be able to see your pulse, to be able to see fine movements this is really cool when it comes to like uh, uh, sports games and things like that. But you can imagine that it also would be really cool for, and of course for training apps, which there have been a number and, and more every day, the more accurate it can, accurately it can model you, the more it can tell you that, hey, maybe you're not holding your back correctly when you do this exercise, you know? Right. And that's, that's really cool because one of the hardest things about getting started exercising on your own without a trainer is not screwing yourself up by doing the exercises incorrectly. I'm really excited, too, about the idea of better and more accuracy leading to better gesture control. Well, and that's what I would hope that the accuracy would, you know, finally let some of the gesture, gesture control work without moving your, your uh, furniture all out of the way and standing <laughs> back. Right. You know, it's like if you could just do some of that gesture control, which was okay on the 360 but you know it's really not accurate enough to to use rather than just picking up a controller with, or right you know it'd be nice if they improve on that stuff um they're also going to be using it for more more surreptitious stuff but what another one that i thought was interesting was i keep i keep seeing articles pop up that they say that the installation of game media is now required um instead of optional and what that will mean is that you can switch between games without having to swap discs, which are now Blu-rays, by the way. Which makes sense. I mean, they should have done that along. If it wasn't for that stupid that HD... HD yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't for that crap, they would have had a better drive in them to start with. You know? Yeah, let's see. One, one, one of the two consoles integrated a Blu-ray player into their... I now, wonder who's going to win. Now, hmm. now, admittedly, I mean, Sony kind of had a horse in that race, too. Yeah, well, they they strong armed it. They're just like, you yeah. know what? None of our movies are ever coming out on HD DVD. Have fun. It's like, oh, well, I guess we lost. Yeah. Well, but and in the end, who I, who cares? As long as we well, get now, some high form, it's the the wars won. Nobody cares anymore, and the Blu-ray license is up to put in another game console. Whoop de doo. Now that means that you know Mass Effect Four won't be on thirty five discs. Which is nice. It comes with a 500 gig drive, but if you think that it's installing 30 gigs a game, that may not actually be all that much. And it turns out that once they're installed to the device, then you can't use the disc anywhere else. Interesting. 
So, like, for example, if you've got a bedroom Xbox downstairs, like somebody I know, <laughs> they'll have to either purchase two copies of the game or move the console, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And, It'll be interesting. I, I wonder. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, I feel like it's not necessarily a horrible trade-off. My guess is is that there will probably be some kind of way of doing that. I would think it would work like per on an account level. I, yeah. I would hope anyway. Like like with the downloadable content, you can get like like buy Bioshock on the Xbox Live Store, and then you can just use it on whatever console you you are logged into. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they extended slightly to kind of like a lot of software does now. If you're on the same network, or in this case, connected to the cloud, and and you go, you can't play two of them at the same time. I could see that. That's fine. You well, know? see, that would be neat too. It would be kind of like an Xbox endpoint because it doesn't but really you'd change have, like, anything. You'd have right? like just a like a no hard drive version that you could like say read the game data off of another one on the same network or something. Yeah, you know, it seems to I may me have that, not announce that, but <laughs> it would be nice. Yeah, it seems to me that you're you know you can only play your disc in one place at a time anyway, so that's not really taking anything away from you. No, it just. In terms of the used game market, though, it destroys it. Yeah, and you know, I, I part of me says that's really bad, and part of me says, "Wow, it, the used game market is a racket." Anyway, yeah, honestly, other than maybe one or two single player games, there hasn't been that often that I've actually bought a, a used game from something like EB Games or GameStop because just I don't know they they they're enough of tools that i don't want to you know go to them but you know in terms of like rental markets i know a couple people that you know they're going to college they can't buy games so they rent games yeah but if you think about this it it might it might make it a whole hell of a lot easier to rent the games like what would stop you from from doing a rental where you download and you rent and it shuts off after a certain period well and maybe it just comes down to that they'll have to have some kind of avenue for renters like like you know went back when VHS tapes were a hundred bucks a piece because they were all going to rental stores you know and it was a license to redistribute over and over again maybe there's a way that they can get around that for these type of locations but it it's really interesting once the games are basically now you're not buying it's been happening over years but the if this is a step toward the games are not a product they're a service yeah. Yeah. And you're buying the service and it is tied to you. Yeah. If there ever was going to be something that would probably work well that way, it seems to me that it would be this, you know, it would be it would be games. Yeah. I mean, lots of other stuff doesn't, but I I would get really mad. It would be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And the, and the the other the the other half of the other entire half of the uh, the announcement uh, the, all the sports stuff I don't know I I don't have any interest in football so I'm not sure if oh. that's interesting or not like all the um, um, fantasy football team stuff that they they were touting and and tying it into your cable provider and I'm not sure how big the sports stuff is I'm I'm assuming pretty big because you know football is like what the number one sport in America right so. Well, it's got to be some big user base out there that they wouldn't be pushing it if it wasn't something that they thought that they could sell. Yeah, football's huge, but 
You know, what interests me about that is not as much the football as the way it, it applies to other things. Because once that technology is in place, there's really nothing stopping us from using it in other ways. Like, for example, uh, one of the first things I noticed looking at the Xbox website was how, well, and of course, this isn't a surprise, right? Skype is integrated. <laughs> And not in that crappy way it was a few years ago, right? Where you could do it. You could do it, you know? If you had a camera hooked to your Xbox, you could use Skype. It sucks it sucks balls pretty much, right? But it'll 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 run ish. <laughs> ish. Not anymore. I mean they obviously since they bought Skype, you know, guess what? It's it looks pretty damn integrated. And this is where that magic of being able to do more than one thing at a time on the box really gets interesting. You know, in the past I mean, it looks like just a one-off when you look at it, like a quick, well, whatever. But one of the things they showed right up top was watching a movie, Star Trek, incidentally, and 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 video chatting about it at the same time. I don't know. I'd want to do that. I would. And, and BS, you and I would do that all the time. Yeah, but... Seriously. Okay, would you watch a movie without headphones? Yes. And comment like I yes. don't see that technology working. No, I, I totally would. I think the audio is just going to get garbled to crap. I mean, it does. Anytime you try to do a, a voice chat, you have something playing in the background. Well, I don't think in this case it's as much that you you know need the full cinema experience with the full awesome chat. It's more like you want to watch the movie with your friend, you know. And I I that's a need for me, man. I I. I don't know how many times I catch myself thinking, man, I'd really like to watch X, Y, Z, but I want to watch with one or I want to watch with one of my friends. Regardless of whether the technology works, it's still not going to work across the border. You could be guaranteed that. (laughs) Yeah, you're probably right with that. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, the idea is I I could see the appeal of it. I I will be skeptical of the um, of the technology until I see it in action. And that's the other thing is that, you know, it's basically how well does Windows 8 do it right now? Because that's what they're putting on this. Well, and that's the other thing. I I think actually pretty well. Right. Because most of the problems that you see with Windows 8 are from, uh, you know, stem from the fact that they're treating Windows 8 like a full operating system. You know, and it is under the hood, I know. But it's not in use. It's designed to be used as a an embedded device. Right. And well, and so we've always it thought here, that- it's a win. Probably it's it's going to yeah. be great because it's going to be what it's. In fact, with the connect to control it, holy crap! Well, that's what we were always saying is that it's you know it, it could it works best as a tablet and it probably could work as a as a as a large screen as a ten foot display. But we'll see we'll see how that happens. My thinking is is that this may be. About as good a game box as you're going to get in normal terms, right? Yeah. But beyond that, I mean, that's 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 only a small part of it. I I, I think, I think in reality, this thing's going to be just a kick ass set top box. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm likely going to pick up both. <laughs> so, you know, at, at least the the Xbox One at first, and then probably the PS4 down the line, like I did with the 360 and the PS3. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, look at that. We blew right through our time today. Mm-hmm. like to hear everyone's opinion on this one because I'm going to guess there's going to be a lot of varied reaction to, to the Xbox One. 
Hell I, yeah. I, I keep coming across this thing on Reddit where it's like, you know, every time they said Xbox One and it's a picture of the original Xbox with like uh, a, sm- a sad face and tears running down its uh, angular cheeks. <laughs> oh, I'm no longer the Xbox One, am I? That's pretty funny. I, I think the name is pretty misunderstood, you know. They're saying they're calling it Xbox One with the idea that it's it's essentially the one device required for your, uh, uh, you know, to run your 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 living room. Who won the console wars? Xbox One. Yeah, it's nice too. You know, I don't <laughs> think it's like number one. Like we're, it's the first. You know, or the first. I also saw one with a hat on it. That was the Xbox One with a mustache. <laughs> okay, that's my favorite right now. <laughs> <laughs> the the reddit puns will be strong for the next couple of weeks about this but yeah just i, I just, think overall it looks pretty good just remember all of the uh all of the ipad puns and how people sheepishly slunk off to buy one after yeah uh, <laughs> after the making, new ipad what kind of a name is that <laughs> give me three <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i have one now <laughs> <laughs> exactly and it's just like everybody who's going to whine, they have a 360 too, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway. Well, people, people crapped on the 360 name. Oh, too, yeah. Came out, you know? And bought one. Yeah. And bought one. So, well, anything you got to add here at the end? Nah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you soon. From everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts, as well as the friendliest people in geekdom, on the GWC website and forum, galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.